off the Commonwealth Games with a podcast all about Birmingham's own Nick Baxter. His experiences have been a trailblazer for Rugby Sevens and how competing in the Commonwealth Games in Kuala Lumpur in 1998 gave him such a great platform. Today, just four days on from the last event taking place, we mark the close of the Birmingham Commonwealth Games. Birmingham, you did us proud. Not only did Birmingham do us proud, but so did one of its homegrown talents, our very special guest today. Like Nick Baxter, this very special guest is from Birmingham, and like Nick, he is a trailblazer. Not only was this the first time his sport was included in the Commonwealth Games, but they won the inaugural goal for the men's competition. As if that wasn't enough, we beat Australia in overtime to clinch it. As if that wasn't enough, the winning two-point shot from outside the D was scored by our very special gold medal winning guest, Miles Hessen. As a fellow Brummie, I'll be honest, I was in tears at the moment the basket dropped. I've watched the clip back a hundred times since and will argue with anyone who tells me it wasn't the moment of the games. The presence of mind to get in the right position to ensure that a maximum two points could be scored and then to calmly drop the shot that created the Hollywood ending to the basketball 3x3 was truly inspirational. It was against the backdrop of a beautiful and colourful skyline with the famous rotunda stretching out above the stadium. Towards the end of normal time, Miles' compatriot and teammate was so close to creating his own Hollywood ending, hitting a fantastic two-point from the top of the D. Australia managed to scramble, though, and they got another point to take it to overtime, and the tension built once more. With Australia in front and with a shot of their own that rattled around the rim during overtime, the ball was batted down by Miles' teammate. Miles positioned himself, took his time, and took that epic winning shot. When interviewed, Miles said, I didn't want to script it like that. He also paid tribute to his teammates. It was a bit nervy, but we came through. I hit the big shot that won the game, but we all chipped in to make it possible, and it was a big team effort. As soon as victory was confirmed, I personally sent a text message to my cousin, who was a former basketball player, Emil Hopkins, a friend of Miles, as I had done in a previous game. I got to share the moment with Emil via text and in person with my basketball-loving son, who sat glued to the action too. It was a beautiful moment, but nothing compared to the feelings that must have been running through the England team and Miles especially. Miles tried to sum this up post-game when interviewed. It's incredible. I'm trying to figure out the words. In my wildest dreams, making the winning shot in Birmingham for Commonwealth gold, it's a joke. So for today, I am unbelievably delighted and fortunate to welcome Commonwealth gold medal winner, Miles Hessen. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. So Commonwealth Games gold in your hometown of Birmingham. How does that sound? Absolutely incredible. Still still hard to to imagine and, and, and believe that uh, that actually happened. I'll bet. It's, for, for us watching it, it was unbelievable. So for you playing it, it must have been incredible. I've seen some fantastic photos since and it looked great. Is it the biggest moment in your career today? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the national team. I don't think our national team at any level really is, is, is well, definitely not the men's level. It's won a gold medal in any competition. So, yeah. Not, not at all. It's absolutely amazing. And I think... Given it's new to the games as well, to be a trailblazer um, and to kind of put that stuff out there and kind of lead the line and say, Do you know what, we're going to make um, free of free basketball a spectacle and we're going to show the world what it's all about. You had nothing really to follow, did you? No, that was it. Um, yeah, free x free basketball is kind of making 
making its mark now on the international stage, especially uh, it being at this the first Olympics and now at the Commonwealth Games. It's um it's still a new thing for us. But Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, man, it's it's getting it's getting its legs now, and hopefully it, we've we've started that. It's incredible to watch, and I, I have to say, I mean, I, I I like basketball. I'm not as big a fan as my son, but three x three really kind of brought me in because I could see how hard you were all working. So you've really got to stay tight to your man when you're defending, and if one man passes across, you've got to pass on to another man. The level of concentration, the level of effort, the level of energy, the level of commitment. There's so many different things that go into that. Um, I mean, what what does it compare like to when you're playing basketball the normal way versus that? Is it as I've described or is it different? Yeah, just like you said, it's, there's no breaks. There's no time to, to relax. There's no time to be upset about a play or a, a missed call by the referee. Like Everything has to happen like one after the other and it's super intense. And I think that's what drew such a, a big crowd to it because it's, it's, it's easier to watch and it's uh, more entertaining, I believe. What a brilliant summary. And then one thing I really noticed you said there that really stuck with me is like there's no breaks, there's no time to relax, there's no time to get upset. And I think when you see sport um, and you see people get upset and you see the game dispersed and broken up, sometimes it kind of ruins the spectacle. And I think in the business world, which um, some of the things we're looking at, sometimes it's really hard to kind of um, come back from a knockback. So I think the people that listen to this will really get that. And I think it will make it even more an interesting game because I'll kind of see, hang on a minute, this person's got resilience. This person's got the ability to just switch off that moment, however disappointed they are, get back on it and make it work again. It's incredible to watch. So what was your favourite moment at the Commonwealth Games? Uh, definitely that making that shot was my, my favourite moment. And uh, yep. yeah, just to relay what you just said about getting down it's also about getting too high as well if you see the uh the australian guy that missed the shot before i did he thought that shot was good and was almost celebrating before it before it went down and that's why he couldn't get out to me in time because he was already kind of like running back celebrating a little bit amazing so, yeah, did you just, spot that no time did you spot that in the moment was that one of the things that helped calm you down and go he's not looking at me he's not focused on me did, did it help or did you spot that after i didn't realize that he was celebrating but I just, as i was gathering the ball i knew i was going to be open because i could feel i could sense there's nobody close enough so i, I definitely have time to get the shot off but That's i didn't brilliant. know that i didn't know that was the reason until after i watched so, so that was your highest point did you have any low points during the commonwealth games um, low points is probably just the lack of sleep that I got. I mean, <laughs> it was a lot of pressure. It's probably the the most pressure I've ever put on myself playing basketball, and and yeah, I just didn't really get much sleep for the four days that the the competition was actually on for. And and I was going to ask you what lessons will you take from this experience? But is would you did you learn anything about how to deal with pressure going forward? Did you learn any other things? Um, I think coming out of like the back end, like victorious and winning, I feel as though I can do anything now. Like that was the most amount of pressure I think I'll ever have playing basketball because it's literally like you're playing the finals every day in your hometown with only four, three other teammates. And it's like everyone's looking at you to to be the guy, to be the one that brings everybody through. Absolutely. And I, I see um, that as a team, you look really close knit. Is that, a, an accurate reflection yeah for sure i mean 
I've known I've known Jamal Anderson since I was nineteen. I've, I've known OJ all in Jackman since I was probably about twenty one, and I um, just met Kane Kane Henry. Yeah. But we 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 basically was together for the last two months on and off, but more or less together, just getting to know each other, how we each other play and stuff, and we knew that. We had to be a solid unit to, to, to get the win. We couldn't have anybody, any loose links, couldn't have anything. It doesn't surprise me at all, but it's so great to kind of hear it. It's really kind of gratifying. When we're looking at management and leadership and building teams, you kind of describe the things we see in the business world all the time. Did, did, how much influence did the coaches have or were you such a tight unit you were doing it yourself? You know, where, where does the influences come from that makes the difference? It's a lot. I mean, the coaches... They put everything into play beforehand because in 3x3, they're not allowed to coach during the game. And um, so, yeah, the two months that we're together before the tournament, uh, the coaching staff, the team management, the physio staff, they, they do all that they can do. And um, as far as team cohesion, that's, that's down to the players. That's down to... Basically, we had three really experienced players, me, Jamel and Orlan. And Kane is... He was like the younger brother out of the group, so we needed that that mixture of youth and experience at the same time to to create the group that we had. I, I love that the fact that you kind of described him as like a younger brother. So you're kind of saying to me it's like a family. Is it? Is that what you're saying to me, or is it just a terminology you use? No, it's definitely like you wouldn't believe how how, how weird it is. I won't go into too much detail, but it's like me and Jamel and Kane are kind of all related and we didn't right. realise until no way. our parents and and siblings and stuff were in the crowd sitting next to each other and then they made <laughs> that connection. It was weird. It's crazy. That's crazy. absolutely brilliant. I love that. Um, that that's I, The thing when I do these podcasts, you get to learn something new all the time and like I had no idea about that and obviously you didn't know about it before. Yeah. So in terms of like your family that were kind of sat out there, obviously you're local. Were, the, were any of the other guys in the team local? Um, Jamel is from Nottingham, right? And so not far away. Yeah, his stepdad actually is from Birmingham, and that's that's the link between my family and his family. Um, Kane's Kane's mother used to live in Birmingham, and that's the link between her and my mom's family. Um, Orland's, or I think Orland's, um, I think his partner's from Wolverhampton, right. So there's lots so, of connections and yeah, the families different are, connections. Brilliant. And the families have found time to kind of connect that while they're all sat next to each other. You've spent two months together. Mm. Are these going to be guys that are going to be friends for life for you? I mean, it sounds like a couple of them already are. Yeah, for sure. They are. I mean, they already are. And now obviously Kane was the only one that I didn't know until this point. And yeah, like we've made a connection now for life. Um, yeah, we went through the, you say we went through the trenches because we was, we were basically on tour in Europe for the last two months, staying in some very, very questionable accommodation <laughs> on some very terrible flights. So yeah, All we, worth it in the end, though. Yeah, definitely worth it in the end. Yeah, and I think uh, when I kind of look at how close you were to winning it in normal time, because of that amazing shot from the top of the D that d- deserves mentioning as well, drops yeah. in. Uh, the, I mean, there was that same kind of peace of mind in terms of, I can do this, I know what's going on around me, and you've got that beautiful backdrop again, it just drops in, and it just shows you how close it can be, because, you know, a minute later, or, you know, seconds later, Australia have got one point and taken it to overtime. Mm-hmm. 
and it's uh, that's kind of it could, you might not have got your Hollywood moment if you like, but it, I mean it clearly was a Hollywood moment. I've mentioned it in the kind of beginning that it, I defy anyone, and I will argue with anyone that that wasn't the moment of the Commonwealth Games. It was absolutely brilliant to watch, and particularly for a new sport that's bringing in new audiences, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. And I congratulate you and your team on. Uh, an absolute brilliant spectacle that's clearly captured the nation's um, thoughts and minds and hearts. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's how, how does it feel to be a trailblazer, you know, to kind of knowing it's, that forever you're going to have that as your legacy? It's crazy to actually like have a moment. It's, um, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I watch Question the Sport a lot. Well, not a lot. I used to watch it a lot. And um, just watching the videos on there from all the past sporting moments that are coming up, like what happens next and stuff like that. I don't know, like this moment could be on there in a few years. And just to know that that could be something that could happen is it's, it's crazy to think. Completely. I mean, I was speaking to Nick Baxter, as you know, on the podcast before about Rugby Sevens, because mm-hmm. like yourself, when he did that in 1998, Rugby sevens wasn't a thing then. And obviously it's massive now. It's in the Olympics now. We see these tournaments every year. Um, we see these amazing players from Fiji in particular kind of throwing the ball around. And it's moved on at no end. But you've kind of started and set the bar really, really high. You know, What are your hopes for that sport? I hope that we, we can take it way more seriously than we, than we have in the past few years. Because um, 3H3 has been around, especially in Europe, since... Um, I think like 2012 or yeah. 2011, they really started. They had to work the first World 3x3 tournament was in 2012. England, I played in that with Jamel. And um, it was kind of just like a, I guess, throwaway tournament that they just got invited to. And was like, who wants to play? And I got cut from the, the national team, so I didn't go to the Olympics. And this was the next best thing for me. So I was like, all right, I'll go. It was a great tournament. And then since then, it's taken off globally and in Europe and Asia, but England have not have not entered a team in any competition since, really. And then when you do, you go and win gold. It, yeah, it, exactly. The difference exactly. and the, the the fine margins are unbelievable. And I think you know, again, people are listening to this who've kind of thinking about it from a business perspective. You mentioned a few things in there. You've kind of had setbacks. I know you've had injuries um, at times that have given you setbacks. You've had to travel all over the world to kind of make sure you're you know, at the top of your game, doing the best that you can. You talked about the sacrifices when you're in hotels that you know are a bit dodgy. You know, mm-hmm. There's an incredible amount there that shows what a tough person you are and how much resilience you've got. And, you know, and when I'm looking in the business, that's going to be a really... Um, high commodity and you said right at the start really struck me when you talked about um, you feel like you can do anything now so you know what does the future hold for you Um, hopefully a few more years playing basketball I'm getting a bit older now so uh, hopefully a few more years playing I'm currently overseas in Japan and um, I'm enjoying it over there it's a bit tough to lay any type of foundations back home in England because of the, the time difference the how far it is and all that type of stuff. But hopefully in the next few years, I'll be able to lay some more foundations business-wise, real estate-wise, and yeah, just stuff like that, really. Fantastic. And in terms of where you see yourself in the business world, what kind of things do you think you'd be doing? You know, if you've got kind of secret projects, don't tell us about those, <laughs> but you know, anything you can share, but talk away. 
anything where I can, I, I still want to be able to give back, but obviously you still want to earn money. So, and obviously in the basketball world, I think I'll never leave the basketball world. That's my, my main passion. And, um, yeah, there's something to do with basketball and any other business. Like my, my friend has got a car business, not Emil, another friend. <laughs> so I'm, I'm involved with that to a certain extent and, yeah, just little things, anything that I can get my hands on, really keep me busy. Absolutely. No, that's brilliant to hear. And I think just talking to you, I mean, we've been on now for like circa 20 minutes. And, you know, I always reflect while I'm kind of going through the podcast live. And and I kind of almost treat like this, like, what would this person be like if I was interviewing them for a job? And the amount of things you've been able to display that about your skills and experiences that any business would feel really lucky to have. But I completely get that you want to stick with your passion as well so to kind of talk about wanting to stay there but having the smarts as I might call it to kind of have that wider view as well is kind of incredible to hear um, and it's kind of one of those things that I have no doubt you're going to make a success of whatever you do because if you when you talked about you know not being able to kind of set up roots because of you know being in Japan you are making huge sacrifices all the time to be the best that you can be um, and that must be really hard at times. There must be low points where you think, why am I bothering? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of people don't know about professional sports. The mental side of it is really, really, it can be really draining. It can be difficult for people to understand. Um, if I put it in ways you could understand, imagine you go to work and at the end of every day of work, you have a stat sheet of how you was for the whole day and people everyone can see this and comment on your stats of how you performed that work for that day and if you have a like three bad days in a row then your manager gets onto you you other staff members get onto you about stuff and for the next three days you're probably going to be like oh now i need to make up for the three days that i had bad and like it, it, it can be a, it can be a bit of a bad cycle knowing that the next job depends on the stats for every day so those three days aren't going to get forget, forgotten about. They're still going to be there for the whole time. And um, yeah, living overseas by yourself and going through that for a lot of people is tough. And, That's um, absolutely yeah. incredible. There's two things in there that really struck out for me. One was that you were talking about mental health. And I have to say, all the people that listen to this podcast will probably be supporting people with mental health because they'll either be L&D practitioners or they'll be running businesses or they'll be HR people like myself. And they'll be in that position where they support mental health every day. And to hear you talk openly about him will be something that will really make people smile that you felt comfortable to share that. That's absolutely amazing. And I think the description and how you put it into business terms, beautifully articulate. And it, it was it really stood out and it was really clear. But you've obviously come back from those moments of what is it when you find where do you find the strength to kind of bounce back um i've always i think just saw the bigger picture that okay i've had a bad day but tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and have another day so i've got to, i've got to keep moving forward you can't stop i've got a family to look after now i've got i've got too much on the plate to to ever give up and that was one of the the main mantras that we had especially going into the final game, is that we've put in way too much work now to let this team beat us. Like We can't lose by any means. And that's the, the type of mentality that uh, I live by. And, and you can hear it in like everything you say, like, you know, every other word kind of 
reinforces that kind of point um and you can see you're living and breathing it and i even talking to you before we came on this i felt it then it's not like you've kind of gone switched into a mode for the podcast it's in you all the time but i I imagine it was in the australians as well so you know when you've got two people with that mindset or two sets of people with that mindset how do you get that extra one percent that pushes you above them that's the thing like we beat them in um in the pool game so yeah, going course, into the yeah. going into the finals, they came with that exact mentality that we did. They, they were a veteran group, um, and that's why it went to overtime. It's gonna go to it's gonna go down to the wire when you do have two two teams that are on the same type of the same energy, just the same want, the same desire. And yeah, like I said, it could have went either way. That shot that he um, they took before I got my one was, I mean centimeters millimeters away from going down and i've yeah. been on the other end of this conversation or you know what i'm saying it could have been it could have, it's it's really the minuscule minutes seconds inches centimeters that's the difference between winning and losing sometimes and, completely uh, it was like that epic, that scene in stranger things where the, the basketball goes around the rim while they're also playing dungeons and dragons and throwing it but that's a film you can make that you actually lived it it's incredible to watch and incredible to hear you talk about it, it just going back to the team a minute you know we were talking about coaches and we we're talking about how much it was like a family is there, is the one of you in the team that's like a leader do you have captains in 3x3 um you have a captain that flips the coin but as far as a captain goes, not really, because there's four of you. But it's um, it's everyone's accountable for everything. You do have probably one guy that makes most of the decisions as far as plays that we run. But when we're in timeouts, you you'll hear all of us talking and all of us like relaying information. And then um, yeah, it kind of just it doesn't fall to one person to make the final decision, but. The decision would already it would be kind of clear what's going on that makes perfect sense and after in the business world that's really what it's like these days in a lot of places so there's kind of a move away from what we used to call hero leadership where you kind of got someone who's going to come in and they're going to solve everyone's problems because they're the leader now mm-hmm. we kind of like more this self-forming teams where people are accountable for their own actions people are accountable for the value that they add to the team and people prefer that as well they don't want to be bossed around all the time it's there's a kind of a real shift in there so to hear it in the sports world the way you've described it is you know really refreshing yeah definitely i mean i'm the i'm also i'm the captain of the the great britain national team the 5v5 one and that that requires more of a one person has to say something because You've got 12 guys, you can't have all 12 people talking and all 12 guys having too much input. But there's too many voices at that stage. So it's like, it's just a bit of people managing at that point. And then um, with the four, with the 3x3, three, there's four guys. So it's less, there's just less chatter and it's more focused. we got to do this, we got to do that. Okay, we all understand. There's not really that many disagreements that you can have. I, I imagine communication out on the court is something you have to practice and be really clear on because you, you kind of got the other three guys are right there in your face, the ones that are on the court. So you kind of don't want to give too much away from them, but you're also in a position where if your instructions aren't really clear, you're going to pay for it. Definitely, that, definitely, yeah. especially on the defensive end of things. If you're not connected with 
what your your, your teammates doing when they come to set a screen without getting too technical when they come to set screens and you have to switch or not switch like everything you kind of have to have one brain at that point you can't have two different thoughts of what's going on absolutely and and if my understanding is correct of what you've just described that's when you're marking people to make sure yeah. they can't just get a run or a shot away but it might be that because of the movement they make you swap with one of your teammates and they pick up that person while you pick up someone else is that yeah. an accurate description yeah that's it and the, and the level of concentration like you say you've, you've you've got to be thinking in tandem it's incredible you, you mentioned something else that really strikes in the business world when you were talking about your role for great britain which you know is a hell of an accolade that you're kind of uh, captain of that team but you described something else that's really true in the modern business world and that is you've got to switch mentality for three x three versus the five on five game because you have got to take the lead in there and you have got to be the leader. And sometimes in business, that's the case. And we, we sometimes we call it situational leadership, where you kind of adapt your style. But mm. businesses, again, are screaming out for people who've got that flexibility, that adaptability. So resilience is always high, but so is flexibility and adaptability. Have you got any trade secrets that you're kind of prepared to share that make you really good at that? Um. I feel as though I've just met so many people from so many different backgrounds in my career. I've, I've played in a lot of different countries with a lot of different nationality people. And um, it's just about have, letting people feel comfortable with your instruction, almost like if someone's comfortable enough with you to be able to listen to you and understand that, okay, he knows what he's talking about or she knows what she's talking about without imposing on them that I know what I'm talking about blah 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 if, if it's easier to to tell people what to do if they want to be told in my opinion that makes it perfect sense to me and again i can see the parallels just kind of streaming through you're going to fly when you're in the business world um, <laughs> when we're talking about the commonwealth games um do, do you think you'll be back in four years time i don't know possibly i mean i'll be what 36 hopefully there'll be a younger player that's better than me that that takes my spot Wow, what a, what a really humble thing to say. That's beautiful to kind of hear, but I bet you they're still calling you in to help with the coaching and the support if you're not playing. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to definitely try. <laughs> I'll definitely try. If I'm still the, uh, the best option, then that's cool. But if not, then I'd, I'd be happy if there's a better player than me that's younger. You've got this amazing character about you. It's kind of it came across in the interviews I read before. I could see it in the way you were reacting on the court. I could see it in the way that people reacted to you. And generally, it's come across in the conversations that we've had. And you know, um, for all the setbacks you might have had, and for all the highs you might have had, you know, I, I really hope you're enjoying it and you realise what an amazing thing you've done. It sounds like you do, but I want to make sure we're telling you that as well because I think everyone that's listening to this will be going, my God, this guy's brilliant. He's so articulate. He's so smart. Um, and he's successful as well. Those are all the things they want to be. <laughs> Thank you. No I problem at all. It. That's all right. So Commonwealth Games as well, you know, in Birmingham, um, we're in a position where it's like a place where you know it's going to give you that connection you know maybe it's that thing that's one of the things that gave you that bit more towards the extra one percent you needed to kind of win it but from the outside the commonwealth games look really well organized was it like that behind the scenes yeah i think they put on a great show um everything at the arena and stuff like that was above board top notch the only problem you've probably heard or probably not heard is that some of the accommodation was a bit a bit lacking 
was um, especially in the main village at uh, the University of Birmingham. Right. Some of the some of the halls are old, some of them are new. So some of the new the new ones were great, but some of the old halls that a few of us had to deal with weren't so good. But to be honest, it was one of the best experiences I've I've been involved in. So I'll take that's that. amazing. I love the honesty of that, but I also love the fact that you were able to turn it into a positive. But I suppose you could also have nipped back to your family home, could you, down the road? Yeah, so I, I, it wasn't far. I went on like one or two days, but then for the for the most part, I just wanted to stay locked in and focused on what I was doing. It completely makes sense. And I think that dedication and focus is crucial. And I think if you look, look at the business world at the moment, after the pandemic, um, there's this kind of real kind of battle, if you like, going on between people wanting to work from home and people wanting people back in the office. And what you've just described there is like, do you know what? I was focused on what I was doing and I've, I was where I needed to be to make this successful. And I think that's what managers want. I think most managers don't care where you work as long as you're successful. And but when they do need you, that you're there. Did you get do you get a sense of that in the sports world, or is that just you and the way you focus? Um, usually, I'm okay with being with family and stuff. And but this this competition was so I put a lot of pressure on myself being at home and it being like a like the first three x three tournament outside of wherever, like the first Commonwealth Games one. So I I kind of just. I locked myself off a little bit from how I normally act and I was just, like I said, for them four days when I wasn't sleeping much, I was just so focused on what was happening. I was thinking of new plays, thinking of scenarios, all that type of stuff at night. And during the day, I was focused on the next game, the next game. It's probably not that healthy to do too often, but it worked out for for what it was. That's, again, incredibly helpful and really honest. And I think... um, what I want to kind of understand is like we've now kind of four days on since the closing ceremony. Have you noticed a change in your life? Are things different to how they were before you went into the Commonwealth Games? Not so much. Not so much. But, well, not for what I do personally. Like nothing's changed in that sense. Um, a lot of my family, a lot, of, a lot of my extended family, even just everyone that they work with, everyone that's got the last name Hessen, has been like bombarded me with messages saying how proud they are of me and um even their co-workers are like oh my god I, f- I think i've seen your cousin doing this blah 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 so yeah it's been a lot more notoriety in that sense um but yeah day to day it's been cool i still go to the I shops did. and nobody knows me so it's all good <laughs> <laughs> i do you know what? i completely get that that bit you were kind of talking about because I didn't know you were at the Commonwealth Games. I, I knew who you were because Emil spoke to you about you very highly before. Um, and I've seen on social media, like posts and things that, that were there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we just happened to put the basketball on the one night because Jake absolutely loves it, my son. And I kind of went, come on, let's watch it then. And then like I saw you and I went, hang on a minute. I know who that is. So I was like <laughs> straight away, I was on the messaging Emil and I went, that's your boy on the TV, isn't it? He was going, yep, that's him. And I went, that's absolutely amazing. So we, we, it really drew us in even more. So when you're talking about people like co-workers and all of those things, you know, I've been telling anyone that, I, that I've had the chance to speak to that if you haven't seen it, go and watch the most amazing moment from the Commonwealth Games. Oh, by yeah. the way, you know, I vicariously know that person, you know, because obviously we've not met before. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I, I knew who you were and it just felt amazing to see when Emil confirmed it was brilliant. Um, yeah, sure. But it... 
you, you told me something earlier, which I thought, I think it'd be kind of really great to share um, with people, which was uh, I, I made a mistake when I uh, was putting to get putting this together, and I said, "How did it feel um, with your cartoon being on the opening ceremony, um, or for, sorry, the opening credits for the BBC every night?" And you kind of came back and you said, "You think it's a coincidence? It just happens that because it's you wore the number twenty-two, and it is twenty twenty-two." That's just happens to be what they've put on there, but you know I like to think that's definitely you. But it's uh, it's a lovely coincidence either way, isn't it? Yeah, it was my my daughter spotted it as well. She was like, "Daddy, is that you?" I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> but I knew I can't. It was just a coincidence. Yeah, it's twenty twenty two, and I wear twenty two. So, do you wear twenty two normally, or is that coincidence yeah. as well? No, no, that's my that's been my number for a while. That's the my house number that I grew up in. in ah, wow, that's amazing. So I'm just sat there thinking you've picked it just because of the Commonwealth Games, but it's almost like you knew what was coming. It, it's almost like in your head you've kind of gone, that's my start. I t- grew up in Birmingham. I lived at number 22. 22 is going to be my year. I'm going to make it big. And it's kind of all come together. I'm sure that's all coincidence, but it feels right, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the coincidences that happen in life, you got to wonder sometimes, is like, is there something something more than just coincidence going on? And yeah, it's weird, very weird stuff. Do you know what's going to happen off the back of this podcast? Everyone that listens to it is going to start wearing the number twenty three because they're going to hope next year's there. Yeah, they're going to take <laughs> lessons from you on this. That might work. That might work. Is it? It's been absolutely amazing to talk to you uh, this evening. Have you got any final messages or things you want to share? Uh, no, it's been a it's been a good conversation. I uh, appreciate you having me on. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. As ever, it was a delight to bring you another podcast and quite unbelievable opportunity to speak to a fellow Brummie, another Commonwealth Games veteran, and a trailblazing, gold medal winning, Hollywood shop making legend. I give you Miles Hessen. <laughs>